try to keep it to football here, really. It's a football team. It's a football subject. It's a football beat. So I try to keep it to football and avoid the, you know, the, the, the TMZ trash type of thing, right? Well, here I go. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this. George Pickens was asked about his spectacularly, glaringly lame efforts on two different plays this past Saturday in Indianapolis, one of them being just walking away from an interception return, and another being the one that really went viral, which was his complete failure to block for Jalen Warren as Warren was headed toward what would have been a Pittsburgh touchdown had Pickens gotten even peripherally involved. As it was, he just stood there and then, after the play was completed, jumped like he was jumping rope out of the way of one of the defenders as he rolled toward him. Here is the full exchange between him and reporters once the latter subject came up. The Jalen Warren run toward the end zone, what did you see on that? And uh, would you handle that differently if you had to do it over again? No, nah, I was just trying to uh, prevent the Tank Dell situation, the same thing that happened to Tank Dell. Uh, I didn't want to get an injury. Uh, you know, when you stay on the block too low, you can get ran up on very easily. So, so some people questioning your effort. Yeah, all the people that's questioning my effort, down, 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 play football, they do what y'all do. What kind of conversations are you guys having as an offense right now to try and find the route that you guys have been searching for? You said what again? What kind of conversations you had with some of the offensive guys on this unit, leaders and such, and just the way you need to approach from your standpoint? Like I said, everybody that got opinions are all media surface guys. None of them play football. George, does it upset you when you hear that stuff? Uh, nah, not really. Because like I said, once again, it's media surface guys. Guys who ain't never played the game. They got a job in doing media. They'll never be, you see what I mean? They're never going to be in the NFL. They're just media guys. Yes, this was definitely the reporter's fault, George. I mean, and you know the funny thing is, you can say absolutely anything about any media in the current political climate, and I do mean political, and everyone will just nod their heads in approval. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the media. Yeah, yeah, media, media, media stinks, media, media. And George gets that from his head coach, who's been using it for years, back before it became cool. George also knows that on social media, Social media, meaning, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that you're going to get nothing but universal agreement, no matter what it is that you've done or said or thought or anything. You say, yeah, that's just the reporters blowing that out of proportion. Oh, man, it's right there. The game was televised. The game was witnessed by 64,000 humans. Everyone saw it. Yeah, but the media are the ones who go and get the clicks and the page views and everything like that out of these. Yeah, because you did it and it was dumb and that's why people want to see it. 
But then on top of that, George goes and doubles down. You heard it yourself. I don't have to paraphrase him or misquote him or anything. You heard him. You heard him there, word for word. Having absolutely no issue with how he carried himself on that football field that day in that situation. That's not a media construct. That's not the media getting George to say something. You actually heard the questions. Every last one of them was fair and responsible, and he could have taken the conversation any which way he chose. This was what he chose. And don't even get me started on the absurd concept of whether or not media members played football or not. Speaking only for myself, when I was a child, what I wanted to become was a reporter. I didn't want to become a football player because I knew I couldn't be one. So it wasn't even a thing. George has his job. I have my job. They don't intertwine in any way except for the interviews. That's it. I've never once in my life thought to myself, man, if only I'd become a football player or hockey player or baseball player or whatever. I just haven't. It's just not a thing. I don't have some jealousy of George's job. I wanted and worked toward being good at this. Hopefully, I've succeeded. But this is how things go in an environment where people get coddled, where talented people get coddled as opposed to being pushed toward whatever their own next level might be. And if you think I'm about to turn this into yet another Mike Tomlin's creed, you're actually going to be wrong. Yeah, the head coach has his share of culpability here. No question. I already mentioned one phase of that, but there are more. Here, though, here, somebody would have to sell me and sell me hard on how this locker room, 53 of whom will be wearing black and gold this weekend, how this locker room is okay with that kind of conduct. Whether it's Deontay Johnson ignoring the fumble, George ignoring the interception, George not wanting to help out a teammate. This specific situation never should have made it to Tomlin or anyone even under him. It never should have made it to a coordinator. It never should have made it to a positional coach. It should have been dealt with in that room. And that room, as I've been reporting to you for a few weeks now, is deeply flawed. Deeply flawed. Where are the leaders? Who are the leaders? Who went to George, if anybody, after this incident, which is a football incident? It happened on the field and said to him, you see how hard Jalen's running in this game? Do you think he's doing that and worried about being hurt? And you can't prioritize producing six points for the rest of us? Because what? You said what? You're blaming who? Who's in there? Who's in there? Who is the voice? Who actually gives a damn? Out of that whole group, I'm only going to look at the offense for right now because that's the, the way football cultures roll. Offense takes care of offense. Defense takes care of defense. I don't expect Cam Hayward to go say something to George. But who was there? Who piped up? And for that matter, who's holding anybody accountable at any level? Why are we wondering why this team looked the way that it did? 
against the Colts, against the Patriots, against the Cardinals. And you know what? I'm going to take this one step further. And I don't care who's listening to this that doesn't like it. But if you're a fan of this team and you're listening to one of these players saying something like it's on the reporters, then you're part of the problem too. Because you're not applying the pressure where it belongs. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from CJ Williams, who writes... DK, thanks for bringing up Mike Webster on the Tuesday episode. As a former player who's currently in the middle of the find-out phase, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm prescribed amphetamines to cover up the symptoms of my five documented TBIs. My wife has to fill out long paperwork for me because I get four questions in my eyes unfocused and I just get lost and my symptoms can come back from something as simple as a hard workout. I don't want to get too heavy on this. It's a sports podcast, but truth be told, DK, I'm terrified of what's coming. I'm scared in a way that I didn't even know was possible. Thanks for that podcast. My young daughter and I listen to you every morning. She smiles when I turn it on, so I must be doing something right. CJ, the first thing I have to say is uh, I wish you all the best in your health and applaud your very clear sense of priority in that the healthier you are, the healthier your daughter's life is and your entire family existence is. My friends, referring to you, the listeners now, this is why I go to bat for player safety the way that I do. This is why I snap back when I'll hear anybody anywhere say, "Uh, make it flag football now. Or regarding DeMonte Casey, what was he supposed to do? He's supposed to follow the rules. He's supposed to follow the rules. If, as I said on yesterday's show, the rules are delineated and clear and the guidelines are explained in video form and in person at training camps, and I don't believe that that's been done adequately at the NFL level to date, then you just follow the rules. Because the rules are being put in for the purpose of player safety. I aim this mostly at those who want to treat football as if we're still at in Roman times watching gladiators and lions and whatever. Hey, they chose this. I hear that one all the time. They chose this profession. They knew the risks. So those risks shouldn't be managed to align with modern medicine. And having two humans in a ring punching each other's skulls out can't be managed in a way that makes boxing safer or other forms of fighting or all kinds of other sports Not just football, which I agree gets an unfair percentage of the focus when it comes to concussions and CTE and the stuff that you just heard CJ talking about. These players 
are human beings. Their families are human beings. They're affected by this after their careers in a way that doesn't just go away. It doesn't show up on weekends. It doesn't show up just in certain situations. It's 24-7. It's what you heard in CJ's wording there. It's something that scares you. It's something that's omnipresent. That's what I hear from them. And if your concern out of that is, yeah, but I wasn't sufficiently entertained over these three hours. I want to hear somebody on ESPN yell, jacked up, or whatever that was, when you would show some grossly violent collision. Uh, Do I sound soft to you here? Do I sound like, you know... I should have other interests than sports or whatever. No, man. Clean hit. Go ahead. Take him down. Knock him out even. Whatever. But for as long as information is accrued by medical professionals and the leagues that govern these various sports adjust their rules for what they believe is the best possible path to player safety... Yeah, I'm going to be along with that. Why wouldn't you be? It's nuts not to be. It's Stone Age stuff. CJ, I appreciate the outreach here. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Sealers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.